Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Vivian Aqua, the workplace wellness advocate, and I advise companies and managers with keeping their people healthy, happy, and safe. And for those of you who are watching this, who are watching this episode for the first time, this show, this platform is meant to inspire employers and employees to humanize the workplace together and to thrive together. So um, every time I bring on guest speakers, or in this case tonight, one guest speaker, to have a conversation about a topic that is very relevant at the moment. And I'm just, together we are planting thought seeds, right? We're just planting thought seeds, and it's up to you to nurture your thought seeds. So bring in some light, bring in some water, and a, a whole lot of love. And I know that with the tips that we share, you will definitely succeed in the workplace. So with no further ado, I am going to introduce tonight's uh, topic and tonight's guest. So today is about leaders boosting, boost your workplace culture together with Marjolein de Boer. But before I'm going to bring in Marjolein de Boer, I'm also going to have a conversation about a, a trending topic. Uh, at the moment, and that's the following. I recently read an article about, uh, which, which was written um, by Mark Ritson, and he was really supportive about the companies that are sharing posts about Black Lives Matter. But another question that he brought, brought above is, okay, how diverse are those companies? How diverse are the boards? Because if you're stating that Black Lives Matter, then you should also make the change from within. So I am just amplifying his message by showcasing it here. If your company is supporting Black Lives Matter on social media, you should also walk the talk and look from within and see how you can make your workplace more diverse so that different voices are heard I don't have to bring in all the statistics regarding diversity because you know you can bring in the McKinsey report and you can bring in so many uh, research from Lean In and other uh, Harvard studies studies that have done studies regarding diversity. And as we all know now, we are in the midst of uh, international demonstrations where we people of color, but also allies of people of color, are demonstrating for equal rights. So. Um, that's the light that I want to bring in and also want to say, uh, want to bring in a highlight towards Lego. Lego is in my case an ally. Why? Because they are walking the talk. Not only are they showcasing that they are supporting Black Lives Matter, but they are supporting the, they are supporting a few organizations who are dedicated towards supporting Black children. And I feel like Lego needs to have a boost. So I'm boosting them up via this uh, conversation. I want to bring in my guest speaker, Marjolein de Boer. I'm going to amplify her, make her bigger. <laughs> <laughs> hi, everyone. So, hi. So Marjolein de Boer is an organizational psychologist. She has developed a six-step power plan with which she activates and optimizes the talent within organizations and teams. Hi, Marjolein, how are you? Hi, Vivian, I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I am doing okay. Good. <laughs> Could be better. No, 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 I am, I am okay. I'm really, I'm really excited about having this conversation tonight and also excited about 
what you have to share when it comes to boosting the workplace culture, because I think that not only leaders can learn from that, but also uh, the team members can learn from that. So what, going to the first question, what is your personal connection when it comes to humanizing the workplace or maybe your business connection when it comes to humanizing the workplace? Yeah. Well, my personal connection actually goes way back when I think I was six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I really noticed with myself that I really wanted to lift my friends up. That was mm-hmm. really my thing. I wanted to look at the positive. And when uh, kids were teasing each other, I, I really didn't like it and I didn't understand it. And I wanted to be there for other kids and lift them up and, and um, give them a good positive feeling. And as I grew older, I saw that uh, within companies, of course, you know, within, you know, as a, as a wellness advocate, for sure, in companies, you know, teasing goes on or, or gossiping or stuff like that. Yeah, but also bullying. I noticed yeah. the bullying. Yeah. But I also noticed that a lot of um, uh, companies focus on what needs to be developed mm-hmm. instead of the potential that's already there with which you can lift people up. And I was fascinated about it. I didn't understand it because it's costing us a lot, a lot, a lot of money because we're trying to make people into someone that they're not and we're not using their potential. And it's Okay, there is something annoying that I do with my guests and I don't know if you have (laughs) noticed, but you mentioned something that is worth amplifying. So before I'm giving you an awesome card, but (laughs) I also want to, I want you to repeat what you just said, just to raise the bar and maybe the people in the back, they didn't hear you. So can you repeat it? <laughs> that I'm fascinated by that companies are focusing on what needs to be developed instead of utilizing the potential that's already there. And it's costing us a lot of money, people. Okay. And if you want to be a good result-driven company, you need to nurture the talents of your people for sure. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> cool. I love it. Got my first so, card. <laughs> I always love to share the awesome card. Definitely. Yeah, cool. So Vivian, what is your biggest lesson in life so far? My biggest lesson is um, I have experienced how it is to be on the other side of bullying. And that is being bullied, right? And that is being um, being dehumanized in front of colleagues, but also being, you know, feeling broken, feeling left out. And the lesson that I have learned from this at the time, I was very angry, sad, bitter, all these emotions that uh, aren't helping. But it planted a thought seed within my mind. What can I do to change that? What can I do to elevate that? Because... I maybe I, I'm not there to change pr- people. I am there to humanize their mindset. I'm there because I have a son who is at the t- at the moment he's six, but by the time that he becomes an adult, I don't want him to deal with the BS that I've dealt with. And I also want to look him in the eye and say, "Mama did something about this. At least I paid a contribution about making the world a better place by starting from the workplace." So that's the biggest lesson, the biggest aha is, yes, sometimes uh, life uh, gives you the perfect gifts, but you also get lessons. And I would say for those of you who are being bullied, seek help, reach out, um, and know that at the end, there, there is a rainbow. As long as you 
find your tribe, find people surrounding you who know how to uplift you. And maybe sometimes you need to re remove yourself from that toxic environment so that you can thrive. So that's my biggest lesson. Oh, cool. And you're not alone, right? That's also true. No, no, yeah. definitely, definitely not alone. So yeah. um, you mentioned something about companies not nurturing the talents that they already have. But what can companies do to match their culture with the the with the values of the employee? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's a very interesting question because I truly believe that's the start of a, a, of a culture change program. If you would, mm -hmm. would have one within your culture, it's very important to look at what kind of company culture do we have or do we want to be? And then really match it with uh, with all of your employees. And uh, my biggest tip would, would be really to do this together. So you have sort of two situations. You could have the situation that you don't really know your company culture as of yet because you're mm -hmm. just starting out or you're, you know, you merged with another company or you're sort of finding out. Really um, um, make sure that you do all the sessions together with employees to find out uh, what is a good match and especially make it concrete. So if Why you is it do... important to do? Because you mentioned together yeah. quite yeah. often. Why yeah. is that? I know why, but I think you can <laughs> yeah. share why it is yeah. important to work on this together instead of doing yeah. it alone. Because although if you don't, um, the the board of directors will be really pleased at all the sessions that they've had about company culture, and they'll they'll be high fiving together like, yeah, we're really excited. And then the people are like, well, I don't know, transparency, what does it mean? I have no idea. It sounds really great. Or uh, being honest, well, I'm always honest. So why is this our company culture? And what does it say about us? I don't know. And it's it's a, a people thing anyways. Like it's the same with, with, um, with, my, with your children, right? If you always tell them what they have to do, they mm -hmm. won't listen to you. You have to involve them and they mm -hmm. have to experience things for themselves to to yeah <laughs> yeah my second card <laughs> we're not counting the awesomes <laughs> yeah so and it's the same with company cultures people are they, they want to be involved and if you involve them and really really involve them not like have a session and then get and then have a lot of input and not do anything with it what mm, i see being done yeah. as well a lot yeah. so you need which, to which which encourages people to be disengaged more more than they were yeah. before, right? Yeah, exactly. So if, if you go for it, go for it big time and be mm -hmm. consistent and yeah. be concrete. Yeah. And that concreteness, you can do that together. You can ask people, right, honestly, what does it mean to you? And then mm -hmm. you can make really great statements for your company that people really feel uh, like they are involved with it and proud of it. And that's yeah. what you really want. Yeah. And also, I think that when it comes to this question, um, I've seen so many companies posting their or sharing their, you know, their mission statements or their company values. But when you look at the people, it's sometimes hard to match it. It's sometimes hard to see what they yeah. what wh how they are matching that that with the employee and sometimes it does i mean when i when i look at salesforce they have this ohana value and you see that they have that family value where they treat each other as family yeah. so they have that 
Yeah. And yeah. here in the yeah. Netherlands, there is this great example that everybody uses, Tony Chocololi. They <laughs> also have yeah. a great company culture and a great vibe. And I, I get that. But I also want other companies to know that it's really not that hard to combine those two because it's the people that make your company running, right? It's the people yeah. that are running your business. So why not combine the two things that you love, the people and the company, and make it happen? Yeah, and, and you know, the thing that I've noticed a lot is that a lot of companies sort of, they're like, okay, we've got the processes, we know what our KPIs are, and now mm -hmm. we also need to do something about our culture. And it's sort yeah. of a side dish the other way to the main around. course. Yeah. And it has to be the other way around. Mm -hmm. And if if you as a company want, want to be transparent, you also need to be transparent in your whole onboarding process, your whole... So if I'm looking for a job and I'm applying for a job at your company, that's very transparent, but I don't know how many interviews I'm going to have and all that stuff. Yeah. And you really did not make your values very concrete. So why, it's, why, it's, why, are, why do you feel the need to mention that? Is there something underlying there? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, because uh, what I I really noticed that uh, right now a lot of companies want to work on their company culture, mm -hmm. but they sort of see it as a side dish, mm -hmm. so they don't do it for the full hundred percent, and then mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. Yeah. So you need to make it your main course, and then for sure your results will will come and really boom in but you need to make it your main course yeah that's interesting that you talk about food i always love that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sort of a conceptual thinker sometimes no i i do that as well i have my ingredients and people who know me i use the word marinate a lot because sometimes you need the yeah. idea to marinate to let it you know let it let it let let it marinate for one day and the next day you might feel different. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So Vivian, of course you are doing these interviews for a long time. Now you're mm -hmm. on a, a big mission to inspire others in humanizing the workplace and maybe even humanizing society on a bigger plate of things. Do you maybe have some tips for people that would like to inspire other people in doing the same thing? I would say start small. Um, what helps me during this journey is uh, along the way, I see people who are like-minded. I see fellow advocates. It helps to not feel alone because when I started doing this, I um, in the beginning, a lot of people didn't know what workplace wellness meant, especially here in the Netherlands. And I had to explain myself saying that I don't only focus on vitality. I focus on the different pillars within workplace well-being. So that's financial, mental, um, social, environmental, and physical, and also career well-being. But uh, you need to find your allies, and you also need to find that uh, your business support system because friends and family they love you, but they don't understand you know, why your heart beats faster because you're on a mission to help the world make a better place. And whatever it is that you are doing, find your tribe, find your people surrounding you. Maybe visit network clubs, maybe online. Face A lot of Facebook groups are popping up. Try to find your tribe surrounding you and know that you're not alone. Yeah, cool. Good no. tips. And I also think for sort of, challenging yourself it's really good to go 
more out of your comfort zone with friends and family because they, they will always sort of even if they don't really understand what you're doing they mm -hmm. will cheer you on right definitely say, definitely oh, they are my ambassadors they they exactly. support me but when it comes to asking business questions yeah that's <laughs> something that i do with my business uh circle yeah. and uh, i really appreciate them for what they are doing and also you know uh uh making me feel uncomfortable out of my comfort zone by doing this, but also by meeting new people. Because a lot of people might not be aware that, yes, I am here, I am Vivian, and you might see me as the extrovert or maybe the ambivert. But in the days that I'm not doing these lives, I'm recharging, and that's when my introvert mode comes on. So um, I am, especially now, when it went with this whole lockdown and also with uh, the movement that is going on at the moment, I am being mindful of my energy and time. And sometimes that means that I can't, you know, do one-on-ones and especially with all the zooming, zooming is, yeah. um, is taking a lot of your energy and for yeah. people who are highly sensitive, yeah. it is there. They have to be mindful of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So when it comes to creating a healthy culture, and I I don't know where I got this from, but there, I think from Gallup, they did a study regarding it's the manager's fault that people are leaving, something like that. It was uh, yeah. m most yeah. of the case, people leave because of the manager or people leave because of their, their team. But yeah. what can managers do to create and improve a healthy team culture so not an organization culture because that's something that a manager has it has an influence but not on a bigger scale but they do have an influence on the team culture yeah, for sure yeah i i actually believe it's about 70 percent of people that leave their jobs the reason is their manager so that's yeah. astonishingly it's their high that's <laughs> yeah, really really high yeah. Um, I think what's really, really important, and we're moving into that new leadership role as we speak, and I think it's going to go a little bit faster uh, because of the pandemic that we mm -hmm. uh, that we, so, we are experiencing right now. Help me, help me, uh, help help me. New leadership. What what is yeah. new leadership? Yeah, from really the servant's leader. So really the more the coaching leader, mm. not so much the. Um, micromanaging hierarchical leader, but really the servant leader, how can I help you? How can uh, how can I lift you up? Mm. How can we utilize your talents? Yeah. Um, uh, and um, I think you really help your team with not only you knowing what everyone's talents are, but that it's clear for the whole team what their talents yeah. are so that yeah. they become way more autonomous mm -hmm. and you don't have to babysit Ooh. the team you they use can a do word a lot that a lot together. of people aren't ready for autonomous. What? <laughs> what? What's going on? Yeah, autonomous I think this is, trust. This is key. Yeah, this is key. <laughs> this is where I really see when I help teams um, with my power plan. Mm -hmm. I really see that trust goes up. Everyone knows their deeper talents. They know their deeper passions and their values. 
they know how to uh, utilize them for the activities at hand. So they're not dividing it equally, but they're really like, well, you're good at this. Why don't you do a lot of that mm -hmm. so that you can really grow into it and make your seven become a 10. Yeah. And then, then you get the self-organizing thing going on. And then the manager is way more uh, the, the servant leader and the coach. And if you can get to that level, um, I think then you're really, really helping your team out to become the okay, best. Okay, she's using the be. word autonomous. She's using the word self-leadership. And she's using the word trust. You <laughs> yeah. know that there are some old school managers out there. I'm not going to call them on their names, but there are old school managers out there who aren't ready for this. Yeah, yeah, what, for sure. What can we do? What can teams do? What can people do? Yeah, cool. That is such a good question. Um, I I know who you're talking about for sure, <laughs> Adam. Uh, in sessions, <laughs> um, you know. But you know what it is, really. Mm -hmm. And on a basic level, if you look at um, managers, but also board members that are very hierarchical still, and they like to have the control. It's really uh, what I do, uh, but I can do this as a consultant and as a coach and as an expert in, in my expertise, but mm -hmm. I actually ask them questions, why? Because there's yeah. a reason why you want to be in control and there's a reason why you want to micromanage. And there is a big reason why this pandemic with so many people working at home and when you are uh, a micromanager, you're having a very hard time right now because yeah. you can't see the, the people within your team. Yeah. But there are other more personal reasons why you want that. And yeah. if you if, if you're willing to investigate those, uh, that will open a lot of doors uh, for you. And I think mm -hmm. that also uh, know that I treat people the way I want to be treated. And yeah. if you're a person that is treating people and micromanaging and controlling them in a way, you are otherwise scaring them away or making them run away or helping them become more disengaged at a faster page, pace yeah. or yeah. Um, they become that bitter employee who yeah. spreads a disengagement across the whole office. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you for sure see. And people will vote with their feet. Really, mm -hmm. they will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They will leave. They will look for another job. Yeah. Or they will stay but totally disengage and yeah. get sick. You know, well, of course, from your experience, you, you will see that as well. People yeah. just getting sick and, yeah. and not, not moving. Or even coming in whilst they are sick. And yeah. uh, again, they are the, the people that are gossiping about the company they are talking bad and you can you can sense a vibe around them, them that you don't want to be near them and it spreads and it spreads and it spreads and yeah. i would rather have you invest in happiness or i would rather have you invest in engaging the people and uh know that when i say invest uh, I'm not asking you to put a million dollar or a million euros uh, on the table and say, this is the money that we need to invest because you can also invest by being kind, by showing gratitude, by being authentic and caring for your people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, a card for you. <laughs> I don't have one. You're saying it already. I'm taking it in. <laughs> 
Okay. This question. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I, I'll talk to you, of course, before the interview, mm -hmm. and we talked mm -hmm. a little bit about talents and about deeper talents, mm -hmm. and uh, that deeper talents are so great to find out what your own deeper talents are because they're so uniquely you. Mm -hmm. um, so I was wondering, what are your deeper talents? So for the people that aren't aware of deeper talents, maybe you can share something about it because in the question, um, I ask you the question, do you mean my hidden talents or <laughs> is it something else? Uh, just to clarify yeah. things, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. So what I see uh, a lot of people doing when they, they think about their talents, they'll say, I'm result driven or I'm people oriented, which mm -hmm. are really great talents to have. But there, are, if, if I ask a room of 10 people who's result driven, then probably five will say, yeah, I'm result driven. Yeah. And five will say, yeah, I'm people oriented. So it's really um, very interesting to look at, at a deeper level, what makes you people oriented, for example. Mm -hmm. So is mm -hmm. that that you're an exceptional listener? Or is it that you can make such a great contact with people in, in, right in the first minute and they, that they trust you right away? And what do you do specifically to make them trust you? Or are you a brilliant connector? Or um, So really going to the, the deeper talents, um, you'll get a very unique profile. And if you can use that unique profile to utilize the potential at the workplace, then you get really awesome team uh, building. Then I later have another question for you, but I'll, I'll answer your question. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. When it comes to my deeper talent, I've been told, and I know this in a way, I know this for myself, it's very easy for me to connect with people. Um, and also, it's very easy to tell stories. Um, it's very easy for me to talk, um, <laughs> especially when it comes to a one-on-one -on -one level, because I do believe that the greatest connections are created when you tell your personal stories so that people can understand where you're coming from right? Let's humanize the workplace. It didn't start with me just thinking about a title and start this movement. It started with my son. It started from the moment that I was uh, facing pregnancy discrimination, but also facing a lot of uh, a lot of other things like me being discredited as a woman, as a pregnant woman um, in, a, in a male dominated society. And I bring all those things together and I am saying that, okay, it stops here. I want this, the vicious circle to stop here and to create that movement, to create an inspiration, to create something to bring more of the human factor back because we are not robots. We cry, we feel, we, we laugh, we uh, are people, we are human. And I want to bring more of that human factor back. Yeah, cool. And I'm a cool. nerd. <laughs> <laughs> really cool. <laughs> and and, and what's ma what makes you nerdy? What makes me nerdy? So um, I like to do the digital strategy of this session so what i do is uh once this this episode is done in a few days i will create a podcast of it and figuring out a way to make my voice heard because i felt like my voice has have not been heard and i wanted to find a way that fits me 
that isn't too much out of my comfort zone because this is every time that I'm doing this, I prepare myself for this because it it might feel, even though it's episode number 52, uh, 54, it might feel like I am a pro and I am a pro in my way, but I do have to remind myself that every time that I'm doing this, I'm learning. Every time that I'm doing yeah. this, I'm learning. So uh, what makes me a nerd? I have my gadgets. I have <laughs> my, my camera. I have my setup here at home. And um, that's one of the things that I, I gained from working in the IT is that I, I, I love my gadgets. I pay yeah. extra yeah. attention to uh, the, the quality of my gadgets. That makes yeah. me a nerd. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, you recently shared that it's the men, 70% of, of the people who are leaving are leaving because of the managers. And I want to help organizations together with you, help organizations by creating inclusive leaders, better leaders. But what do we, what kind of ingredients do leaders have to have or need to uh, develop to become one? Yeah. Well, in my opinion, a couple of things uh, need to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we need to, first of all, start positively, lift up the role models that are there. There are brilliant leaders around and we need to lift them up. And I think uh, right now we're doing that it's 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 you know it's it's starting to evolve now that we're really looking at leaders that well lead from vision from passion from compassion um our servants uh, leaders our coaching leaders um so that i think first of all we need to do that look at how they do it um secondly i think um uh, to become better leaders i think there's one sort of problem uh, in the Netherlands and I think around Europe a little bit is that um, when you're an expert and you're the best boy or girl in the classroom you automatically become the leader of a team mm -hmm. and I think that's where it usually goes wrong because you're an expert in your field of expertise mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you're going to be a great leader mm. uh, but we we have our okay. um, I need to stop you and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this and I'm going to ask you, can you maybe repeat? No, maybe you have to repeat that last sentence because expert leader. I think some uh, I'm hearing some things that needs to be amplified. So can you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so I think we what we need to do is um, not make the expert of the team, the best boy or the girl of the team, the leader of a team because they're, they are the expert in their, in their field, in their line of work. And maybe they are a good leader, but maybe they're not. So I think we need to focus more on how we can utilize their potential, but also reward their potential. Because I mm -hmm. think there's sort of a thing going wrong because managers just earn way more money than experts. So if you wanna make more money, you need to become a manager. So yeah. it's sort of, I think that's one thing we need to do. Um, and the third thing I really do think we need to do right now is, uh, and a lot of companies are doing this, but I think we need to do this on a, on a much broader scale, is we need to uh, prefer women in uh, top positions over men. 
just to get the the inclusiveness and diversity uh, in, mm -hmm. in on a better scale. Because yeah. now, you know, a lot of executive boards are 